You've discovered the radio show with a dose of magic. Magic and the Law of Attraction with Madame Pamita, episode 35. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Madame Pamita, and you're listening once again to Magic and the Law of Attraction the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Welcome everyone. I'm happy to be here and I have a question for you. Have you had trouble pinning down your spell work? Well, in this episode, I'll be teaching you four ways that you can use pins and spells, including the way to use pins in an old time nine day candle spell. Thank you so much for joining me here. We're still at home doing our um, podcast. The great thing about a podcast is that you can do a podcast from home. You don't have to be going out in the world. So I hope that you are sharing this podcast with your friends who are stuck at home, who are interested in magic and all the mystical things that we discuss on this podcast and giving them some positive entertainment to get their mind off of being at home and all that's going out on out there in the world. You know, this is a really a time where we really have to keep our, what I call our psychic hygiene. We want to make sure the things we bring in are things that calm us, not things that get us upset or disturbed. So this podcast certainly is an uplifting one. And I hope that you'll be sharing this podcast with your friends and telling them about magic and the law of attraction so that they can have something really nice to listen to while you're working around the house or you're driving somewhere or doing your thing as you go through your life during this really interesting time that we're in. This episode is generously sponsored by Source Point Wellness. Source Point Wellness is kind, compassionate, and mindful medicine located in Los Angeles, California. You can find them at sourcepointwellness.com. Yes, I have a sponsor, and you too can become a supporter, a sponsor, or an advertiser. You can be a supporter for as little as $7 per episode. If you want to know more, go to magicandthelawofattraction.com and click the Become a Podcast Supporter button at the top of the page to find out more. Want to give a little announcement about my book, The Book of Candle Magic. It's available for pre-order. You hear me talk about it every episode. So if you haven't pre-ordered it, this is your sign that it's time. (laughs) Um, You can pre-order The Book of Candle Magic in all your usual places. Amazon, of course, um, IndieBound, Barnes & Noble, and you can pre-order it even from your local indie bookstore or your local bookstore chain. Um, That's a really great thing to do because, you know, our retail stores right now could really use your support. So if you can do that pre-order through them, that's super helpful. 
or you can do it online if you'd like to have it just shipped to you. The book's coming out in October. It is an amazing book about candle magic. Everyone that's read it, all my colleagues that have gotten a sneak peek at it have really been very, very kind and generous in their um, reviews of it, saying that it really is a book that is a groundbreaking book on candle magic because it not only tells you how to do candle magic, it's not a recipe book, although there are a few recipes in there. It tells you how and why and gives you a deep understanding of candle magic. So if you like candle magic like I do, you will want this book because it reveals every single thing I know about candle magic and it teaches it to you. So it's a kind of a full course in candle magic in book form. You go ahead and order that, pre-order that. It'll be coming out in October of 2020. And I would be so appreciative if you would. All right. So let's talk about pinning down your magic spells. Let's talk about what pins are. So what I'm talking about when I'm saying pins, I'm not really talking about safety pins, although we can use safety pins in magic. I'm talking about straight pins. Straight pins are those pins that people use when they're sewing. They're just a little straight stick, looks like a tiny little, almost like a little nail, really super little. Now we have straight pins that have just the regular steel tops, but we also have those ones that have the glass beads on top of them, but those are straight pins. Straight pins are super magical and there's lots of ways that we can use them in magic. Now, straight pins aren't super common today, unless you have someone in your house that's a sewer. Um, Not a lot of people sew. Back in even my day of growing up, we did a little bit of sewing, but my mom was a big sewer. So back in generations before, everyone sewed their own clothes. Sewing was really common. Almost every person had a sewing machine in their house. It was buying things off the rack was kind of even more uncommon back then. And people often, often sewed their own clothes. So straight pins, which are necessary for sewing, it's how you keep your fabric together and and keep your pattern, your paper pattern on the fabric when you're cutting it out and so on. Um, Those straight pins were really common. So they're not so common today, but back in the olden days, everybody sewed and repaired their own clothes. And so those straight pins were really common. So let's talk about some of the ways that we can use straight pins in magic. They're easy to get, by the way. You can go to, um, you know, obviously online, you can order them online, but most kind of general stores like Target, Walmart, and so on will have a little section with the sewing supplies. Certainly those craft stores will have them as well, and you can get those there, but you can order them online as well. So let's talk about the ways that we use them. So one of the first ways that probably people think of when they think of using straight pins and magic is using them in a voodoo doll, right? You have this cloth doll. I mean, we've all seen it in movies. You have this cloth doll and you stick a pin in it and, you know, you curse your enemy with that. Well, if you've heard my episode about working with puppets or working with voodoo dolls, you know, as they're commonly called, um, you know that puppets are not used just for negative cursing magic. We can also use puppets for um, getting someone to fall in love with us or influencing someone to do something. They're their sympathetic magic. We're working on somebody at a distance and we're using that poppet as the representative of that person. Now you would think that putting a pin in something just means you're trying to hurt it. I mean, that's what they show in the movies that you're sticking this pin in the doll and you're trying to cause this person pain. Now that can be one way that you use a pin in a poppet, but 
pins are not just used for pain or for something negative. They can be used like mini magic wands for bringing focus. What do I mean by that? Well, if you don't know about working with wands and magic, when we work with wands, what we're doing is focusing energy. That's what a wand is used for. So it's kind of like, I'm going to put all my power into something and I want to really get it focused into some, you know, to touch something with that wand or to point that wand at something. And I'm going to focus my energy toward that thing. That's like, I mean, even in popular culture, Harry Potter, they're focusing their energy with their wand and pointing their wands at something, right? So the same thing with, you know, wands in real magic, not Harry Potter magic, but in real magic, we use a wand to point at something or to to channel our, our energy toward something. Well, pins are like mini magic wands. They're like mini wands for focusing energy. So you can use a pin in a poppet for focusing an energy towards something. It can be done for healing. It can be done for influencing. It can be done for a lot of things. So for example, you could take a pin and you could put it into the heart of a poppet and you could say, I'm focusing my energy that this person opens their heart to me. Or you could put it in the head of the poppet and say, I'm focusing my energy that this person is thinking in the way that I want them to think. So you're focusing your energy with the pin as you put it into the poppet. That's one way of working with pins. It's like the one that everyone thinks of when they think of working, doing magic with pins. That's probably the most obvious one. There are other ways. Oh, and if you want to know more about poppets, if you're interested in poppets and interested interested in pot, but magic and voodoo doll magic, check out episode 25 of Magic and Law of Attraction. I talk about all the different poppets and ways that you can make poppets, the advantages and different disadvantages of the different styles of poppets. And so you'll get a thorough ed- education on working with voodoo dolls and working with poppets by listening to that episode. So now, what is another way that we have we know of, of working with pins, though? There are hoodoo spells with pins, and one of my favorite ones comes from the author Zora Neale Hurston. She's an author, and she wrote a book called Mules and Men, and in that book, she talks a lot about hoodoo, and she talks about African-American folk magic and hoodoo spells and things that people do. And it's a fabulous resource if you're wanting to know really kind of firsthand hoodoo from back in the early 20th century. Now in that book, she has a spell using pins and it's a spell using pins in a beef tongue to win a court case. What do I mean by beef tongue? Well, I mean that when you go to the butcher shop, you can buy all parts of the animal. And sometimes in some butcher shops, you can still find beef tongue. This is something um, that was, you know, it's commonly eaten and not so much in American culture today. We don't see it too often, but back in the old days for sure. And indefinitely in different cultures, you can get a beef tongue, cook it and eat it. So if you want to do a spell to influence someone in their talking, you can use a beef tongue beef tongue to represent, just like the poppet, to represent the tongue of the person that you're trying to influence. So in her spell that she describes, she talks about using a beef tongue and pins to win a court case. So she was going to influence, or whoever was doing the spell was going to influence someone so that they couldn't talk or that they were influencing how their speech came out or how they were able to talk. So 
I'll quote the book and I'll give you a quote from the book. So I'll describe it exactly as she wrote it. She wrote in Mules and Men, she wrote, to silence opposing witnesses, we took a beef tongue, nine pins, nine needles, and split the beef tongue. We wrote the names of those against our man and cut the names out and crossed them up in, in the slit of tongue with red pepper and beef gall and pinned the slit up with crossed needles and pins. So she's doing, or whoever was doing this spell was crossing those pins to block, you know, like just like an X, we're blocking something. We hung the tongue up in a chimney tip up and smoked the tongue for 36 hours. Then we took it down and we put it in ice because they're trying to freeze it and then lit it, lit on it from three to four black candles stuck in ice. So they used candle magic. They're using um, ice magic, freezer magic, and they're using that red pepper to kind of create uh, friction or or to confuse and create friction for their opposing people. Our client read the 23rd Psalm and the 35th also because it was for murder. And then we asked the spirits for power more than equal to the man. So there you have a quote about using pins in a beef tongue spell in a really old time hoodoo way to use, to do magic. And they're using those pins in a cross pattern because they want to stop something. They're trying to create a block to the opposing people in the court case from them being able to speak. So the tongue represents them speaking and they're doing all that work to cross them up. Okay. So there's an ex- another example of using pins in um, magic. Now, the one that I'm really excited about sharing with you um, in using pins in this way is in doing what we call witch bottles. Now, witch bottles are little containers that are filled filled with items and then sealed and buried. Now, the interesting thing about witch bottles is that we find it in a lot of different cultures. And in fact, in archaeological finds in England, they keep finding witch bottles as they dig up some property um, to do some kind of renovation or something like that. They will find witch bottles that are buried there. In fact, in, in 2004, they found one that was from the 17th century. They find them and, and and they can date them using, you know, whatever scientific methods, and they can find out when they were from, and they can look inside. So the belief with a witch bottle was that you would create this bottle with these items, seal it, and bury it so that it would absorb a spell, absorb negativity. It was a protective kind of working to absorb negativity. Um, Oftentimes when they're found today, they're usually broken or empty. But in 2004, as I mentioned, they found a rare unopened example and it was a stoneware jar and they heard rattling and splashing inside. And so they took the bottle to a chemist and they did an x-ray and they looked inside and what they found was that there were pins and nails in the jar. It had been buried upside down. It was half filled with liquid. They used a long needle and they penetrated the cork and they extracted some of what was inside. Using um, proton nuclear magnetic resonance resonance and gas chromotherapy, chromophotography, I don't know, all these scientific things, spectrometry, they determined what was inside. 
it was urine. So they, the bodily fluid that was in there was urine. It was spiked with nicotine, which meant the person who put the urine in was a smoker. There was also sulfur in there. And um, when they took it apart, they found 10 iron nails. Um, they found eight brass pins. They found clumps of hair. They found fingernail clippings and some lint that they think might have been belly button lint. So a lot of personal concerns, what we call personal concerns in there, along with these pins. These, as they have found these bottles, these are not unusual items. This is usually how a witch bottle is made. There's urine, there's something sharp like pins and nails. There might be other things in there as well. And these are meant and buried in a property to protect the property from negative magic. So um, they've even found documents that tell how to make a witch bottle. So for example, there's um, a court record from 1682 that documents the recommendation that a person in an apothecary gave to a client. And they said to take a quart of your wife's urine, the pairing of her nails, some of her hair, and boil them well in a pipkin, which is a, I guess, a, a apparatus for for cooking something. And then what you do and put that in the bottle along with those nails and pins and seal it up and put it in your property, bear it near your property. Um, the interesting thing was recently they found a, um, now they find these all over England. They find them in Europe. This is, um, you know, a common thing, relatively common magical item that they find, but they found one in, um, Essington, Pennsylvania in, um, And it was the first version that they had found in the States. So they think that this one was from the 1700s, so the 18th century. They found a piece of glass with, um, it was buried upside down. Inside the bottle was um, six round-headed pins, and it had been stopped with a plug. And so the putting of pins in a bottle to make a witch bottle is something that we see over and over and over again, not only in a, a, a one particular area, but it's even something that is transmitted over from England over to the United States in the early days of the United States. So they're finding them all over the place. This is something that goes, you know, in lots of different cultures and lots of different magical practices, and we see them everywhere. So witch bottles are one of the ways that we can use pins in our magic. And I bet that you have questions about other ways that you can use pins and spells. In a second, I'm going to be telling you a fourth way that you can use pins and spells, and that is doing a nine-day candle spell using pins. But in case you haven't heard me talk about it before, one of the best ways to make change in your life is through magic. And one of the best magical practices I know is candle magic. And with candle magic, you can bring powerful support to your intentions, whether it's through lighting a big ceremonial figural candle or lighting a tiny taper, you bring focus and power to your spells. And my goal is in life, completely my goal is to teach you how to have that power. And I've written that book to support you in that. And it's called the book of candle magic. Again, as I said earlier, it's coming out in October of 2020 through Llewellyn Publishing, but it's available for pre-order now. So I want to say a big thank you to those of you who have already pre-ordered the Book of Candle Magic. If you haven't ordered it yet, please do. You are a very special angel to me because when you pre-order, you magnify the good karma of what you're doing. You can pre-order the book on IndieBound, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, 
or you can pre-order a signed copy on my site. I forgot to mention that earlier. And when you do that, you don't even have to prepay upfront on any of these sites. You just let them know that you want to order it. You put in your credit card, but they don't charge you until the book comes out. To triple your good karma with it though, you can contact your local indie bookstore, see if they're doing shipping or if they're taking pre-orders. You don't even have to go in. Obviously you can call or email. Most places will take those pre-orders. When you do that, it really is helpful because then it kind of gives a signal to those bookstores to order the book so that when they open up again, they'll have my book on the shelf along with the one that they pre-ordered for you. The book is only $17.99. And if you appreciate the lessons that I offer you on this podcast, on my YouTube videos, the blogs, the articles that I post, then this is like letting me know that you want more. So thank you to all of you who have taken the extra minute to pre-order a copy of the book of Candle Magic. I'm sending extra, extra, extra blessings out your way. Thank you again so much for doing that. So let's talk about some candle magic right now. Um, We're going to talk about doing a spell using candles and pins. So this is using pins as markers in candle spells. My favorite is to use them my favorite way to use pins in magic, to be honest, because candle magic is totally my jam, is to use them as markers to turn a plain taper candle into a segmented candle. So you know how we have like seven day candles that we sell that are segmented? So before there were those seven knob candles and those seven molds, if people wanted to do a segmented candle spell where they burned a little bit of the candle each day, they used pins. If they wanted to mark off a candle in some way so that they could burn it over a a specific number of days. And somebody figured out, hey, if I put a pin at different, you know, spacing apart along that taper candle, when I'm burning that candle, when I hear the pin drop onto the dish, I'll know that that candle has burned that segment, that amount. And then I can snuff it out and light it again the next day. So it not only gave a, an, a visual of when how far the candle had burned down, but it also gave an audible alert that the candle had burned down that segment for that day by the sound of the pin hitting the dish or the tray that the candle was put in. So what you'll need for this, uh, for this spell, if you want to do this spell at home, you'll just need a simple beeswax taper candle. Uh, you can use a tall taper, which is about... 10 inches tall, that's a really nice size, but you could use a shorter one if you wanted to. You're gonna need a tray or a dish. You might wanna bring some herbs into it, some spiritual oil into it. You want to use matches or a lighter so that you can light your candle. And you're going to want to get nine glass-headed pins. So those are the ones with the little bead, the big bead on top that make a bigger noise when they hit the tray. Okay, you're gonna need a tray for that as well. So nine, the reason I'm giving you a spell with nine, nine is a magical number for success. It's a really powerful high level number. And the nine day pin spell is a powerful spell that you work over the course of nine days to reach an objective. It, you can do it like nine consecutive spells. Like you could make each segment a different wish under the umbrella of your bigger wish or you can do the same wish or intention on each of the days. These are great. These like multi-day spells are great for situations where you need to do repeated work to get a turnaround 
or you need to wear down people who have strong wills, or you need to turn something around. Like if you want to hit it nine times, this nine day spell is really, really good for that. So the first thing you're going to need to do is prepare the space where you're going to do this work. This candle will drip as it burns. So you need to use a tray or a dish to place your candle on. Um, You can put it in a candle holder, or you can melt the bottom of the candle with a match and then, and then affix it to the tray. But before you do that, you're going to inscribe your wish on one side of the candle, or you can write in each segment a wish, a small wish. You can use a nail or a knife or a pencil or pen or something to inscribe into that soft wax. Then you're going to put your spiritual oil on the candle in upward motion if it's something that you're going to bring in from wick to base, from base to wick, or in a downward motion from wick to base if it's something that you're trying to clear out. When you put that oil on, you can speak your intention of what it is. You can say a prayer, you can say a petition, or you can speak your intention. Now here's the part where we use the pins. Now you're going to take those nine pins and you're going to push them in at intervals along one side of the candle. And you want to kind of keep them at equal distances from one another. So you're going to place the last pin at the bottom of the candle and the rest of the pins about an inch or so apart from one another, you know, measuring out that they're just sort of, if you're using a 10 inch candle, you could make them about an inch apart and that would be perfect. Now you're going to leave a gap at the top so that the top pin at the top of the candle is not at the top of the candle, but it's a little ways down the candle so that you burn the first day and then that pin falls down. So it should look like when you're finished, the rungs of a ladder. If you took off one side of a ladder and you just had those rungs sticking out, that's what it should look like. Like a tall candle sticking up with these pins sticking out of them. So the pins don't go all the way through the candle. They can just stick in the candle, but still be sticking out. Now, if you have herbs, you can sprinkle those around the candle, and then you're going to affix that candle to your tray or dish by um, pressing the base of the beeswax into the tray If you need to, you can heat the bottom of the candle, soften the base, and then press it into the tray so it sticks and stands, or you can put it into a candle holder. Now you're ready to start your spell. So you light your candle, you focus on your prayer or intention, and you let your candle burn until one of the pins drops out. And once it does, you snuff it out. And the next day, you're going to do that again. You're going to let your candle burn until another pin drops out and then you snuff it out. And you're going to keep doing it until the last day that the candle burns completely. Now, it's really important with all candle magic that you only let the candle burn while you're at home and you're awake. If you have to leave the house and it still hasn't gotten all the way to the pin, that's okay. Snuff it out. And then when you come back, you can finish it up. All right. Now, once the candle has been completely burned, you're going to have some wax remains, and you're going to have some pin remains. So depending on what you're doing, like if you were doing a spell for prosperity in your home or prosperity in your business, for example, you could take those pins that you've used in your spell and retain those pins as magical talismans that hold the energy of that candle spell that you just did. Now with pins, you can take and pin them to something that's cloth in your home and hide them around your house. For example, you could do it underneath a chair or in the hem of a curtain, someplace where it'll be safe, where somebody won't get into it. You don't want to put it someplace you're going to step, for example, or that you're going to rub against. But hiding them in your home to keep that energy in your home is a really good thing to do. Of course, you could keep your remains by burying it in your yard 
or wrapping up everything into a cloth or a brown paper bag and keeping it at home. But depending on the spell, you've got these pins that are an extra element that you can use to keep the energy of that spell going. And then your spell's complete. So there you go. How to do a spell, how to do a candle spell with pins and all the other kinds of pin magic that we see out there in the world. So there's a really interesting, unique, old time thing that you can use that you might find in your house or that you can get at a a kind of a uh, general store. And then you can use that in your magic and do new things in your magic. And I always think that's fun to learn new ways to do your magic. Well, that about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. If you would like to get even more information about using pens and magic, then check out my magic blog over at Parlor of Wonders. You can see a picture of the old witch bottle. I've got a great picture of the one that they dug up in England and it's really cool. You can see the um, guy with his hard hat and, you know, excavating and you can see that over there. So go over to parlorofwonders.com, go to instruction and go to magic blog where you can read my article about pinning down your magic. And you can find all kinds of other articles teaching you about magic, tarot, witchcraft, law of attraction, spiritualism, all that good stuff. So um, if you still have questions about magic and you want to know more, we have a great opportunity for you too. You can come over to the live magic Q&A tea party where we talk about magic. Every week I have a guest. We meet every Sunday. I have an amazing guest on and we answer your questions about magic. We meet on Sundays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central and 8 p.m. Eastern. If you want to join us live, you can go to spellsquad.com to get the secret code to come in. And if you do that, you'll get a copy of my ebook, Seven Secrets to Supercharge Your Spell Work 2. If you want to see past episodes of the Magic Q&A Tea Party, then you can go over to youtube.com slash madampemi10. You can find those videos there. I want to say a big thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Source Point Wellness, kind, compassionate, and mindful medicine. Source Point Wellness is an integrative healing oasis located in Los Angeles that combines Chinese functional and spiritual medicine along with a bit of magic. Their team of experts offer virtual healing services to anyone in the world, including integrative telemedicine, herbal medicine, distance acupuncture, and Reiki. I have experienced a distance acupuncture, by the way, and it is amazing. Got to throw that in there. It totally works. You can also get goddess acupuncture, Akashic readings, chakra balancing, healing energy work, EFT, and customized breath work. Please follow SourcePoint Wellness at SourcePoint Wellness on Instagram, or you can email Dr. Cohen at D-R-C-O-H-E-N, that's Dr. Cohen. That's Dr. Amanda Cohen is who it is. Dr. Cohen at sourcepointwellness.com if you want to find out more. And if you want to become a supporter, a sponsor, or an advertiser, you can do that for as little as $7 an episode. $7, that's like an expensive latte. It's not that much, right? If you want to know more, you can go to magicandthelawofattraction.com and click the become a podcast supporter button at the top of the page. And that's where you can find out all the information about it and do it. I want to thank everybody, all the Spell Squad members out there who have subscribed to and shared this podcast with your friends and big, big love to the fabulous folks who have left reviews on iTunes. Those reviews really help get the word out there to the wider world about the podcast. And I appreciate you taking the time to do them. Every episode, I pick my favorite written review and give a shout out to that person. And this episode, I want to give a shout out to Jimbo8 who said, authentic, 
accurate, and inspiring. As a high priest for over 20 years, I find Madame Pemi to, to offer information that is spot on with what I teach my own students. Her warmth, joy, and love are palpable in the podcast. I could listen to her all day. Isn't that sweet? Thank you so much, Jimbo8. And if you haven't left a review on iTunes, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and do that. I'll give you a shout out if you leave a review and you might be the one I pick as my favorite review of the week and you'll get an extra shout out. So um, I want to say thank you also to Jill Navarre for producing and engineering our episode today, to Manfred Hofer, my amazing boyfriend for announcing. And I want to thank you too. Absolutely want to say thank you to you for joining me. I'm looking forward to next week when we'll be answering the question, dun, 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 what is the money miracle plant. Until next time, this is Madame Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever. <laughs> <laughs>